it's kind of similar. You know how like uh, in the Bible, the Israel was under Roman rule. It's a lot like that. We're yeah. like, they, they're there. They're running the <laughs> IT right now. They're keeping the show going. Like administratively, they're pretty strong, but it's just, it's such a harsh rule that, uh, that you know, it's, we're definitely living in uh, as uh, as an occupied people right now as NIT fans. You, you took the analogy right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common one. I know. It's, uh, everybody's always talking about Roman rule in the NCAA. <laughs> I'm NIT Stu, and I'm here to tell you the story of the 2022 NIT. The 2022 NIT was an important one in college basketball history. All NITs are important as the premier postseason men's college basketball tournament, but this one meant a little bit more. In 2020, as you remember, the NIT was canceled. In 2021, an NIT light version was played where only 16 teams were invited and the games were held all in Frisco and Denton, Texas, instead of on roaring home courts and in Madison Square Garden. It was also the last NIT to have its Final Four held in Madison Square Garden, something we learned just as the NIT was getting underway. So there was a weight to this. There was an historical weight, and the NIT, as it's known to do, delivered. For me, the thing that I remember the most about the NIT you know, you can peel back Jonas Hayes' run as Xavier's interim coach. Um, you can think about St. Bonaventure, the Road Warriors. You can think about the wild selection Sunday where we learned that the bracket wasn't anything like what we thought it was going to be. Just in terms of actual construction, they got rid of half the seeds. But for me, the thing that I think about the most when I think about the NIT in 2022 is the names. Dennis Rodman's son. Scotty Pippen's son, Rick Pitino, not his son, the real one, Rick Pitino. <laughs> These were some of the guys who led us in to the 2022 NIT. And even more names came out of that. Um, we were talking in the green room about Dayton being the first team in. It was a heavy Atlantic 10 presence. I mean, to fit that many teams into that narrow window, conferences are increasingly trying to get more teams into. This is something that was a very, very special performance from a league. You had Dayton, you had Bonaventure. Belmont feels like they're going to be in the A-10 eventually if they're not already. You had, who else did we have from the A-10? St. Louis is in the A-10. That's right. I always think they're in the Missouri Valley, but they're not. That's on the Atlantic Coast. Um, VCU. VCU. That's right. That's right. I looked at them just now and said, that can't be. VCU, another A-10 team. It was a heavy... A-10 presence going for really trying to stake that claim in New York. You know, they talk about the Big Ten added Rutgers to get into the New York market. This felt like the A-10's moment to go after New York by way of the NIT. Um, and they, they did. I mean, it was the story. Bonaventure, Xavier both making the Final Four. Dayton going on the road to Toledo in the first game. Dayton almost getting that Xavier rematch from the days of yore. 
it was it was a very a10 tournament but at the same time there was also this ghost of the big 12 going on you know the favorites on each side of the bracket going in were oklahoma and texas a&m and oklahoma still a big 12 school at the time still a big 12 school now but not in a couple of years texas a&m longtime rival of oklahoma's now off to the sec kind of the forebear there and we had this western presence you had washington state and byu out in the west region it was just it was a great nit dayton the the most excited team you may say uh about you know this tournament they they wanted to fully embrace the nit that we wanted to embrace the road atmosphere and uh went at toledo and then just followed that up after beating toledo by going to you know, the goofiest of gyms uh, at Vanderbilt and real gymnasiums. Right. Um, That's right. Because the Ohio state basketball tournament, the high school one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. it was the first four in the first game and then uh, mm-hmm. played again, still as the number one overall most excited seed. Couldn't it, move the, the boys high school tournament. But in all actuality, I mean, it would have been a crime to not bring the, the Dayton Flyers who had four quad four losses in, in November to these other campuses so that they could see what kind of squad that the, the Flyers had that was. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. This was, I mean, the thing that's coming back to me now about Dayton is not only how close they missed, but how little idea anybody had that they were missing that close. It was something where they popped up on the screen and there was a lot of like, is that, a, is that a typo? Were they really that close to missing the NIT? Because Dayton, it just had such, they had like the quintessential NIT performance of really, what you want to do if you want to make the NIT is you want to put a lot of baggage on your resume and then you want to develop into a pretty good team. Like it's it's a sandbaggers tournament for sure. Washington State did this last year. They're doing it again this year. You load up on the bad losses and then you get hot and you come in with everything clicking. And then the goal is you maybe go on the road, win a few games win a game at home, maybe in front of a raucous crowd, and then go to the big city, whether it was New York last year, whether it was Frisco, Texas the year before, Las Vegas this year, you know, the three biggest cities in American culture. Um, And Dayton had been doing that perfectly, but to then find out that they were that close to getting conscripted into the other tournament, that was, I mean, their, their ride was a roller coaster from the start. I know I was. I did not realize that they were in contention for the one seat in the NIT. That's that's me speaking personally. Me neither. And I blog about this <laughs> daily. <laughs> yeah, it was a questionable decision to uh, pull off that, you know, crazy upset over Kansas early in the year. It's like, do you really want to take yourself out of contention for the NIT that early? But they did. Uh, they did plenty else that season to to make sure that they they locked it in. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, that was also they. I think Iona may have been at that same tournament because um, we had a neighbor back then whose kid was a coach at Iona. And then look at where they ended up. I mean, Dayton and Iona ended up in the NIT. Is your neighbor Rick Patino's dad? Um, unfortunately, no. <laughs> unfortunately, no. I wish though. That would be. Do you think Rick Patino has a dad? Or do you think he just kind of like emerged from the sewer? I think he just, yeah. I think he he just like was spawned in an Italian restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> well, he just he out, did of, do that. out of the sauce. <laughs> Quick <Yes. laughs> A little undercooked. Just materialized, uh, just dripping red sauce. Just once it 
cleared off. He was just wearing a nice three-piece suit. It's so like a... He's always well-dressed. I mean, Dayton, the better team than Kansas, and made it to the NIT, and where did Kansas end up? In an exhibition tournament. So I think that can tell you all that you need to know. Agreed. Yeah, Kansas won the exhibition tournament, but who knows how they would have fared in a tournament like this. It's really hard, well, especially having to go on the road because so much of Kansas's mystique comes from playing at home. I mean, I know they weren't playing at home in that other one because they can't fill home gyms for that, but uh, <laughs> you do have to wonder, I mean, could Kansas have won at Toledo? How would Kansas have done at Vanderbilt? We'll never know. The story will never be told. Never will be. Never. Xavier almost lost early in the tournament, too. That's a thing. It was a weird tournament. So usually the kind of conventional wisdom is that like the good teams win in the NIT, that you just have to get through the first round. And then once they've won a game, they start to care and then they start to win. But Xavier, aside from Xavier, aside from Texas A&M, I mean, Bonaventure was like every round we kind of kept waiting for them to lose, but they had this magic going on. Washington state was like, who are these guys? How are they doing this? Um, but Xavier then, to flip the script, almost lost in the first round against Cleveland State. There was a lot of Ohio in this tournament. The Battle of Ohio. The Battle of Ohio you had. I mean, corner to corner going on, really. Um, and, you know, we don't – I don't think that media has really dealt enough with how college basketball history would be different if Xavier had lost to Cleveland State. You know, maybe Jonas Hayes doesn't get the Georgia State job. Uh, Texas A&M might be an NIT champion right now. Buzz Williams could be extended. Jimbo Fisher could already be out of there because Texas A&M would just be a basketball school now. Um, but instead, Xavier got through, and eventually Jack Nunji hit the shot. Sliding doors moment for sure. For sure. For sure. Real, real butterfly effect. Yes. What sticks out to me is, I mean, I feel like you could argue that the Bonnies were really the most well-rounded team because they 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 won some high-scoring games in the in the seventies, but then they they you know won the the barn burner the fifty-two fifty-one against Virginia and Xavier. They just they just did it with offense. That is true. The Bonnies had that game in Charlottesville was the game of the tournament. Uh, the shooting block at the end, like just everything about that game. I think it may have been Jaron Holmes who hit the shot. Uh, it might have been Kyle Lofton. Uh, uh, that sounds right. Either, yeah, that sounds right. Either way, though, uh, that was, I mean, that was, and after winning in Norman over the weekend on such short notice, after flying out to Boulder, playing at the altitude, the Bonnies really, it was like a take on all comers kind of thing. But in the end, they just, they didn't have enough juice in the tank. Um, mm-hmm. And Xavier, like you said, they really, they did it with offense. Xavier knew how to score. They were clicking. They were meshing. Sean Miller was somewhere in the building for some of the games. Um, sweating. Sweating, sweating. And Xavier got it done. It was really – Xavier was kind of like – they were the answer that was right in front of our face the whole time, right, of like really didn't know who was going to win this tournament. Thought A&M and Oklahoma were the favorites. But Xavier this whole time was just right there. You know, they were a good team. They'd had that wild late season collapse to make it, that comeback to get into the NIT. And uh, on they went. On they went. They were rolling. It's interesting um, looking forward a little bit into this season, how 
especially Xavier and, and A&M have um, really gotten so excited about their effort in the 2022 NIT that it's propelled them uh, may, maybe with too much excitement, not focusing on the prize of, you know, a repeat performance in the 2023 NIT. Yeah, definitely. Um, Xavier, Xavier, I do. I do think they maybe got a little too comfortable after last year's comeback. I mean, it's hard to do losing eight of your last 10 or whatever they did last year. That's just, that's something that's difficult to pull off, especially when you're, you know, having to play against Georgetown to Paul. Um, that's just, it's a tough thing. And I think they really, they pigeonholed themselves and they did the opposite of what Dayton did, right? They kind of, instead of trying to do this, we're going to load up with baggage early in the season. And then we're going to have this terrible run at the end or this great run at the end to get in. Xavier did the opposite. They had the terrible run at the end to get in. Um, and that's not what you want. A&M was a weirder one. It's almost like, I mean, I know this is one of the really, really big bummers about the current college basketball landscape is these guys do have this instinct to win. And sometimes that winning instinct just takes over and it can rob guys of these NIT appearances, especially these young players. There's, I mean, there's a reason that that really experienced Bonaventure team was able to get in last year. Um, Experience matters. Virginia was the same way. That was a really experienced crew that got into the NIT and you look at A&M, they had so much youth last year and all that momentum coming out and then they start playing their rivals and all these games where you think these guys should really take a loss. This would help their NIT chance. They went and won. We saw it again this weekend. Um, mm. They just, they keep winning basketball games. And I, I mean, I love Buzz Williams. I'm a big fan of Buzz Williams. Um, he's a really weirdly likable part of Texas A&M, but you do, you do have to wonder after he missed so close getting that NIT title, if he's ever going to be back or if that's going to be it. Turning to Sean Miller's potential uh, attendance at last year's NIT was obviously sweating, but maybe some of that was some nervous sweat about, you know, the pressure of potentially having to repeat as he was watching these games. And it was just like, I don't know if I can handle this. Right. I mean, everybody talks about like John Shire this year, right? Coming in for Coach K because he'd been the coach at Duke for a long time. Yada, yada. Didn't make an NIT after like the 80s. Lost his last NIT game on the road. Then started refusing to play anybody on the road for decades. Um, But let's talk about Sean Miller. The guy comes in on the heels of the only undefeated coach in Xavier history. On the heels of a national championship. I do think he was at... Madison Square Garden that night. I think he was maybe up though, like in a higher seat, maybe in a box, or I might be thinking it may have been a game at Cintas, but there are these clips that I very much remember of like him looking down on the court and kind of, it was like the Roger Goodell shot of the guy in the, behind the glass. And you do wonder at those moments, just like, what was Sean Miller thinking? Was he, was this excitement? Was this like, man, this I'm getting this Cadillac handed to me. All I got to do is drive it. Or, was that some fear? Was that I'm going to have a lot to live up to? Because, I mean, you can see it right now. Just Xavier fans aren't as engaged as they were last year. They don't have as much to hope on. They don't have as much to play for. Um, and it's really, it's a sad thing when that happens to a program. But that's the curse of success, I guess. So just to so- shed some light. So there, you know, I think that the general public has been plagued by the 
the, the thought logic of that other tournament. So if you could enlighten um, the listeners on the automatic bids for the NIT. And yeah, then... yeah. The automatic bids are the first step. Those go to every school that wins its conference in the regular season, but manages to not win the conference tournament. Um, so the conference regular season, broader sample size, uh, usually the best team wins the title over the regular season. Conference tournament, more of a crapshoot. Um, what this usually means is that if one school from each conference gets an automatic bid to each tournament, the NIT is getting the better team, right? Like Eastern Washington finished first in the Big Sky this year. Hofstra finished first in the CAA. Um uh, Moorhead State finished first in the Ohio Valley. All those teams lost in their conference tournament, so they get an automatic bid to the NIT as a reward for being the best in their league. Uh, the at-large process, then, it's just filling in the rest of the gaps. So there's a variable number of at-large bids. Um, this year, it's looking like the most likely will be that there will be about 20, and the first four of those are determined by the other tournament selection committee. They say these are the four teams that are the first out. They get the one seeds in the NIT. And then the next, however many there are, 14, 15, 16, 20, whatever the number is, those get determined by the NIT selection committee, which is a smaller group of people. Um, Tim Duncan's on it this year. It's not the Tim Duncan, but there is a guy named Tim Duncan on it. <laughs> he works for the University of New Orleans. So that then, it is, I mean, it's similar criteria to the other tournament. One wrinkle that... Um, comes into play a lot is they don't take teams that are below 500. It's not clear if this is an explicit rule or not. It says on Wikipedia or at least said on Wikipedia for a while that it's not explicit anymore, but there is no source for that. No link. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, we call it the invisible 500 rule. It just means you got to be at least 500 to make the field. Um, so that's probably going to bite Oklahoma this year. Um, and yeah, it's similar. I do last year, the NIT committee really leaned heavily on how good teams were instead of how accomplished they were. So like Utah state had a pretty rough resume, but they had a great net ranking and a great Ken Palm ranking. Utah state got a home game. Um, South Carolina had a pretty good resume, but a little weaker net in Ken Palm. They didn't make the field. So we kind of think they might do that again, but last year was our only full NIT since 2019. So it's a little hard to say. So I've, feel like it's it's a pretty fair assumption that the other tournament that selection committee gun to their head they would rather have the nit's automatic qualifier teams i i mean i would think so unless what they're trying to do is just like really grease the wheels for kentucky a team like that i mean that's that's an example of this iona was a much better team than st peter's last year this is a great example of the NIT superiority and St. Peter's just the other tournament wanted them one because they get that little bit of a, you know, a ratings boost from St. Peter's when on the tournament, they go in, it's an exciting last game, the Mac championship. But also I think the other tournament was thinking, you know, this is a great matchup for Kentucky instead of having to play someone like Iona in the first round, they get to play St. Peter's obviously wasn't how it turned out that tournament people cared so little that they let St. Peter's go all the way to their quarterfinals. Um, and Iona ended up in the thresher of the NIT where they went down to Gainesville and lost in the first round. Um, really showing, you know, 
You've got Iona, clearly a better team than St. Peter's. Iona couldn't win in the NIT. St. Peter's could win in the other tournament. It's kind of it's hard to make it more clear. There's a countdown ticker at the top of NCAA.com uh, for Selection Sunday, five days, 20 hours, 14 minutes, and currently 12 seconds. Um, I'm wondering if uh, the Barking Crow has considered um, – a, a real selection Sunday ticker at any point, you know, oh, maybe yeah. delaying it about two or three hours from what the the current selection Sunday on NCAA.com has. That's a great point. Now that we're within a week, I think I can also figure out what time the NIT selection show is. I often have a very difficult time figuring out when it's happening and what channel it's on. Um, it's uh, that's always a fear of mine, especially that's often daylight savings day. So um, <laughs> clocks are all over the place. That's like the, <laughs> the life of an NIT bracketologist. The life of the and when everybody's like talking about you know all oh, the brackets out, the brackets out for hours, and nobody's seen a bracket yet. I don't know what they're talking about. We only know where the one seats are and the automatic bids. Um, so yeah, that is that is a great idea. We do uh, have famously poor web design. We try to we try to just be as bad at that as possible. Um, we we all doing a great job that just don't work. So <laughs> we're, uh, I'll have to see. I would imagine that there that somebody has made a WordPress plugin with a ticker that will count down to something though, and I think we might have to do it. Are they moving from Madison Square Garden or have moved? They are. The Final Four will be in Las Vegas this year. Next year it'll be at Hinkle in Indianapolis. Um, after that, open bidding. We would assume that Cutter is going to make a big bid after they bid for the World mm. Cup, but um, we'll they got to use those stadiums for something. They got to use those stadiums for something. So that would be my guess for 2025. But at the moment, we only know that 2023 is in Las Vegas and 2024 is in Indy. Do you have any just personal feelings and reactions to? Um, the change in venue from Madison Square Garden, as well as the associated logo? Yeah, um, it's definitely, I think that it's bittersweet, right? It's nice. I mean, it's really cool to have outgrown even an arena as storied as Madison Square Garden. To be too big for Madison Square Garden is really an impressive thing. Um, I do, I mean, personally, I'll miss that excuse to go to New York for a week. It's such a great basketball city. I think the dream would be, you know, for the NIT to eventually come home, but I don't think that we mind this NIT roadshow for five, 10 years, however long this lasts, really taking it to the country. And also given West Coast teams a better chance to win this thing, it's really been heavily dominated by the East Coast and the Rust Belt in the last 20 years. Stanford's won a couple times, but aside from them, it's really, really been a, uh, an East Coast tournament. It's been primarily the Big Ten. And then kind of these scattered teams. I don't know if anybody, I'm trying to think, Wichita State's like the westernmost champion I can think of right now. Wichita State or Texas here in Austin. Um, I'm not sure that we've gotten, aside from Stanford, even like a mountain time champion in the last 20 years. So it'll be cool to see if uh, if playing in Las Vegas this year can help with that. The Big Ten's record has been impressive in the NIT, and it shows just the the lack of knowledge of the general college basketball public that says that the big 10 struggles in March when, you know, they have a decorated past. Right. It's a weird, it's this really weird narrative. And it's weird. They specifically use the year 2000, um, which is the last year, the ACC won an NIT, which is the national championship. And so they're talking about like the big 10 hasn't won a national championship since 2000. The ACC's won all this cha- all these championships. And it's like, 
they're just getting the leagues confused because the Big Ten's won five or six in the ACC. They haven't won any since Dave Odom went down to South Carolina. Like, that just – the ACC's not an IT league. They're trying to change yeah. that. North Carolina's making a hell of a push. <laughs> they're doing an awesome job. They're doing an awesome job. We got our fingers crossed. We would love to love to see that. But, uh, but yeah, at the moment, you know, is the ACC really – even a basketball conference where I'm starting to wonder if it's a football league. If you were pulsed right now on like, who's the NIT favorite, who do you think you would say it is? VCU. on the spot. Oh, VCU. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. The A-10 getting two championships in a row, some might say. I would think... I think those middling Big Ten teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Villanova. Villanova's a great one. They're playing well right now. Awesome, yeah. Very little chance of missing the NIT, too, which is key. They're a little on the bottom bubble right now, but it's. I think that they just got to win their first Big East tournament game and they're safe. I'm thinking like, yeah. like Illinois or Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michigan's in the mix. Michigan's. In, we've been talking about Hunter Dickinson getting an NIT immersion experience to uh, – <laughs> kind of cleanse him of his doofiness mm. <laughs> you think he'd bring the ski mask to the nit i think if you bring a ski mask to las vegas they just arrest you on the i would love to see that <laughs> I'm, i've been waiting one of my buddies texted me a picture. It was like a tweet from the Ann Arbor Police Department. Like, how excited I woke up to it. it turned out it was just Jim Harbaugh helping clear a, a big limb off of a road. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a great picture. But <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be like, a, Have you seen this man? And just some guy, a different guy in a ski mask, could rob a gas station and everybody being like, Hunter Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> Preferably like a uh, police artist sketch. Yeah, yeah, just doing the ski mask. Dude, the ski mask. Maybe wearing like a Michigan sweatshirt or something too. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. See if I can get one of those uh, drawn up. So, uh, but enlighten us. Who who are the uh, the the front runners for the the one seeds that you would like to see in in the main tournament? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've kind of been saying my dream NIT rotation right now is probably North Carolina get the big national eyes on it. Wisconsin, I have a lot of, I grew up near Madison um, on the Illinois side of the border. So I got a lot of friends who went to Wisconsin. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a, it's one of those schools where everybody watches, whether they want to or not, they just kind of have this compulsion to watch their basketball team. Um, they're in the mix for it. Arizona State would be great, especially being one of the closest big schools to Las Vegas. Uh, if they could make the Final Four, I think we could get a good crowd there. And also Arizona State's just really a Las Vegas people, you know, like that's really that's their vibe. Um, as for the fourth, I would love to see Penn State. We've got a lot of great memories with Penn State uh, winning it a few times, most recently in 2018 with Flavor Flav in the crowd. Um, but so I guess that that might be my answer right now. But I'm willing to. I would trade Penn State for any of those other three if that's what it took. I I know Penn State will be there. I love them. I know they'll be there. Do you like the idea of the redemption story of Eastern Washington? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, they also they have a guy. I learned this last night watching Eastern Washington for the first time. 
on my phone while walking a dog, but they have a guy named Steel Venters. <laughs> and they also have a guy named Cedric Coward. I think his first name is Cedric. His last name is definitely Coward. Um, and that's a great pair of names right there. I, I can't <laughs> wait to look through the rest of their roster. Yeah, do you ever do like an NIT all names team? I might have to this year. They they're pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. They might be the ones to light the fire. Right. Right. They might, it might just be them. Maybe that's how they've been doing their <laughs> recruiting through these AAU rosters. And like that guy's got a cool name. Let's call him up. I mean, that might, that might be the way to handle the, uh, the inflation of all these all conference teams to like <laughs> yeah. a full bench roster. Right. Right. Just, just all name teams, just being like two or three dudes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just steel hunters <laughs> and Cedric Coward. That's it. Just writing the universe back to its rightful place. Yes. Yep. I think that's that's really what we're trying to do here with the NIT. We're just trying to get back to uh, to 1937. The good parts, only the good parts. Mm. So, one of the distinctive features uh, of many of the NIT that you've mentioned earlier is uh, the playing of games on home courts. Um, is there a home court that you would really love to see an NIT game on? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I would say that, I mean, we've seen so many great ones at home courts. Um, for this one, I'm going to throw a bone to to my family roots. I come from an Iowa State family and seeing a game at Hilton Coliseum oh, on yeah. the floor, seeing Hilton Magic get going. Because the other thing is one of the great things about the Heartland, about you know, anywhere from anywhere in like the broader defined Midwest, is that those people show up for NIT games. Like Nebraska fans show up, Iowa fans a while back they showed up. So I would love to see Iowa State get its moment in the NIT sun. Um, I know Iowa State might not love that, but I would personally be be very proud to to see Hilton really meet its own moment. All right, Stu, why don't you take us home? The 2022 NIT made its mark on history, resurrecting the tournament from the ashes of all that society dealt its way. Now it heads west into an uncertain future. But the one thing we know, shining like a light in the middle of that, is that the NIT will be there at least for two more years. Oh, perfect. I need to tweet out, Hofstra just made the NIT guys. There oh hell are. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big upset. <laughs> Welcome Hofstra. Breaking news. Welcome Hofstra. Breaking news on the podcast. This is a real uh peel back the curtain moment for yeah, us. Yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing <laughs> long runs right now. Seeing and how dude, the sauce I've got a few made. videos. I've got a few videos just in the queue. Um, but some of those don't end up getting used. And then other ones I just get totally caught off guard, like uh Eastern Washington last night. I was out walking my dog and saw that they lost and had to fire off a quick one. But you know, we want all these NIT teams to feel love. Um, 
did have a moment on Instagram of seeing that the Eastern Washington account had watched the video last night and feeling like, oh, this is like, I wonder what that bus ride is like right now on the way back to <laughs> Oh, God. Like, last <laughs> year, the NIT committee kind of just like, seemed like they kind of went down the net rankings um, and just let people in based on that, <laughs> which I mean, they only have a few hours to do it. It's like not the worst idea. But, <laughs> but uh, Youngstown pre- State. Oh yeah, yeah they're they're losing big now. Oh, Youngstown State is nice. Yeah, they're down like twelve to NKU. Okay, they would be an automatic bid. Um, Dwayne 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 Cohill could be a an NIT darling. He sure could. A former Beautiful. Dayton Flyer. Guy puts up like thirty a night. He, yeah, he, he he averages like yeah like twenty five or something for Youngstown. I had a moment with Youngstown. Their coach's last name is Calhoun, and I just assumed it was Jim Calhoun's kid. Um, and then I looked and it wasn't, it's a different Calhoun, but <laughs> there was a shocking. moment where I was like, Oh, like up and comer for sure. I'm going to buy all this stock in Youngstown and start talking about him and look really smart, but it was just another guy named Calhoun. I mean, the I guy mean, had to have used, he had to have used that in his interview though. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't not use it. And also like it gets you in the door. If you get an application for a basketball coach and the last name is Calhoun, you're giving him an interview. Yeah. 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 I, does, does Youngstown State even know this, or were they operating under the same assumption? <laughs> should I? Maybe I should send it. Like, I'm an anonymous account. Are we going to have Fargo's picks this year? Oh, yes. Fargo will be making her picks. Uh, we've been trying to figure out the best way to make that happen. Um, definitely going to be looking for a rival dog to get involved too. It might even just have oh. a bracket for like a different, a separate pool for dogs. Um, <laughs> last year she did pick Utah state who was eliminated in the first round, but mm-hmm. in her defense, it was kind of unfair that they had to play on the road. They, uh, they actually might've lost a home game. Never mind. But um, either way, it wasn't fair. And... Either way. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. <laughs> so yes, Fargo will be making picks again. Uh, she, she's, She's healthier than she was last year. She's been spending the last year training for the NIT. So hmm. I think that I think it's gonna be a good good one from her.